0: And welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. Eddie Chiazza with you flying solo today. Joe Zekreski, the great Joe Zekreski, will not be joining us, but that's okay. Have no fear. He will be back on the next episode. He's the host. I'm the founder of Red River Horror. But, you know, when I have to be by myself, doesn't happen often. I always have to bring people much smarter than I am on the show to make it sound like I know what I'm doing. So... Today we have dun dun, 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 dun Stacy Lane Wilson. Give it up. Stacy, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for the fanfare.
0: Didn't that sound really, really good?
1: It did, I'm impressed. <laughs> but
0: we have another special guest. He is from Discover Lancaster, Matt Fonistock. Matt, welcome, sir. Hey there. Good to be with you. All right, so you may ask, you may ask why? Why do we have one of our favorite film critics in the whole world, not just because she contributes to Red River Horror, but just because, you know, the whole film landscape and born in L.A. So that's that's an added bonus. So we have Stacy on the line. But why do we have someone from Discover Lancaster here? Hmm. Well, that's because we are talking about a brand new release, not a brand new film, but a 4K UHD release of the film Witness. That's right. From 1985. So in preparation, you know, guys, we were. Firing some emails back and forth and I'm always, I don't know what you call this, this syndrome where I always think like Philly's being cheated in some way, right? Like, like the refs in the game or something like that. So I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking that like witness is unique to our area. It's just like, it's a like, I'm a homer. No, uh, I found out since then, uh, this is why I have to bring smarter people on this podcast than I am. I didn't know this. 93% on uh, the tomato meter. So 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes Witness. 80% audience score. So the critics actually liked it more than the audience, but the audience still loved it. Uh, released in, on February 8th, 1985. Box office, $116 million. Ooh. So I learned quite a bit about this film, just like, oh, my gosh, I must sound like an idiot when I was talking back and forth. So worthy of a brand new release on a physical format, a 4K format. And Stacey, that's why I want to start with you. You had a contribution to this film. So I just if you could please talk a little bit about that.
1: Uh, Yes, I was invited by uh, Arrow Video to contribute as a film historian to one of the many uh, new featurettes on this release, which is really impressive. It has a beautiful booklet, a poster. Um, the picture is incredible, of course, in high definition, high definition Blu-ray. I mean, it looks fantastic. Um, and my friend and colleague, Lee Gambin, who works quite a lot with Aero Video and other um, sort of re-release companies for vintage films, brought me on to this one. And I'm really grateful because as most people who know you and me, Eddie is that we're horror people (laughs) and I write for red river horror, but um, I, I do know a little bit about other films. There is a little gory scene here though. So maybe that's where I fit in, but I um, actually got to do a brand new visual essay on the film's performances. And what I did was uh, a lot of research to find out about the, the, performances in the films which are really there are so many good ones but most people remember Harrison Ford and Kelly McGillis mainly and Lucas Haas um, as the young Amish boy Um, but going back to 1985 it's not like you can just grab a bunch of interviews online and find out what the actors had to say about their own performances so I had to do a lot of digging to find that and then um, really got a great deal of information from Peter Weir, the director, who was Australian, actually telling this very American story. He talked a lot about the performances, so that really helped me find my foothold to what I was doing with this. And so I narrate for um, about 20 minutes, and uh, the people at Arrow put together visuals to go with what I was saying. So I did not have that to start with. I didn't know what I would be narrating to. What they basically did was find scenes that I talked about in my um dissertation for lack of a better word, and then they put it together. and they really did a fantastic job. I was really um impressed and proud of the contribution.
0: No, Stacy, that's that's awesome because I always, Always wanted to know how these things come together, what they decide to do when they, you know, Arrow says, "Okay, I'm going to buy and re-release this film. Um, So it's it's very cool to understand the process behind it. I'm just looking at some of the extras here. So we obviously we got the 4K cut or 4K restoration of the film, lossless audio. All right. Audio commentary with Jarrett Gahan, Gahan. Sorry if I screwed that up. <laughs> interview with the cinematographer, John uh, I don't Ceele. know him,
1: so I can't tell you. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have a new video interview with the cinematographer. And a lot of people talk about just how incredibly beautiful and luscious and amazing the cinematography was. Not only the really beautifully lit interiors, but the beautiful uh, locations. I, you know, it's, And I'm sure that we can talk about that a little bit more about where it was shot. Um, fantastic and then they have the vintage um, 1985 interview with Harrison Ford Um, that was like one of the few that I could find actually when I was doing my research and like I said I had to put together my essay before I really knew what the visuals would be so there wasn't a lot of guidance um which is okay i'm mean, i glad that they trusted me to (laughs) to do my thing and then they put the visuals to it but yeah i mean there's so much more i mean you have the list right eddie maybe you can mention a couple other things that they have there oh
0: absolutely so yes so we have i gotta also be on mic here (laughs) so we have the new video interview with cinematographer john seal the visual essay that you so uh that you put together vintage 1985 interview, Harrison Ford. I just wanted to highlight that because I don't know if you guys, before we move further, I don't know if you guys have a Harrison Ford story. Do you have a Harrison Ford story?
1: I have interviewed him myself a few times. Well, um, well that tops warmest, mine already. Not the warmest, person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, you know, he doesn't really like interviews. And you can tell actually, when you look at that 1985 interview, he's very... <laughs> You, uh, two three word answers and very matter of fact and cuts right to the bone he doesn't really uh, <laughs> embellish or elaborate he's not super friendly but you know that's okay he does what he does and he did a fantastic job um, in witness acting and that was really his, his only um, Academy Award winning performance which is kind of surprising when you think about all the films that he's in that we love and how good he is
0: wow Academy. Of, I am just guys. Thank you for joining me on this. That's it. Good night, everybody. Now, can, now I didn't. So he won an Academy Award for witness.
1: He did. His, wow. his only one so far. There's still time. But yeah, it's surprising when you think about it, um, that he was, this is actually really his first film where he wasn't playing a cartoon character. It wasn't a Star Wars or an Indiana Jones. I mean, he really got to craft a a whole different person and a very relatable person.
0: Matt, do you have a Harrison Ford story?
2: Oh, well, I'm pretty sure Indiana Jones is one of the first movies that my dad ever showed me growing up. So, I mean, instantly connected with that character. Star Wars wasn't too far behind that. Um, But then just thinking about some of his other roles, you know, Blade Runner is another uh, another really iconic role, and and that's what makes his witness role so unique, is that it was kind of a departure from this very sci-fi adventure um, yeah. uh, character that he he'd been playing across a bunch of different films. So, all yeah, right, a lot of iconic Harrison Ford roles for sure.
0: So so my Harrison Ford story just goes like this. I used to work in Center City, Philadelphia. This was back in 2011 or 2012, so you guys can fact check me on this because I have no idea what the hell film it was for. But they were filming at uh, in downtown Philly, and we're not we're not used to that like that kind of the big production. There's like trucks and a bunch of lights and all that stuff. So, so my wife actually met me downtown. I drove down for work earlier in the day, but she met me down there, and um, we went out to dinner and it was it was the parking lot right off of Rittenhouse Square so a little local knowledge is, is needed here so we're off Rittenhouse Square in the parking garage there so we finally were going back to get the car and there's a cop there and he won't let us into the parking garage and I'm just like dude I'm like I, I need to, like I'm parked in here I need to get my car he's just like well no sorry you can't come in here I'm just like what, what are you talking about I can't I need to get the hell out of here so it turns out harrison ford and chris hemsworth they were filming something in that parking lot like where my car was so so me just being stupid like i don't know if you could do this now but i'm just like the hell with this i'm just going in so i did um i didn't see chris hemsworth i didn't see harrison ford but sitting in one of the cars outside when i drove out was miley cyrus because she was dating chris (laughs) emsworth at the time so
1: that's right yeah they were married for a while even
0: right so not to take us too much off track i'm just saying like harrison ford story for some reason i was in the same space as harrison ford for like 20 minutes pretty cool
1: breathing the same air wow <laughs> right?
0: so, so bringing it back to witness in the film there's um I, I again you know witness isn't a horror film but i would say it's probably the first time i've ever seen horror like a slasher like thing committed on screen because uh, there's a murder happens in philadelphia sadly it happens all the time now but uh but as like we go through the film we start in philadelphia with the murder and then we make our way out to lancaster county amish country matt that's where you come in so (laughs) we talk about these visuals like why would there be a 4k restoration of a film like this and me going into this not knowing wow okay it's an academy award winner maybe that's why probably why but um but so we get out to lancaster county which is you know when, when i was younger it was that was a whole part of like my world like i think of a lot of people in yeah. philadelphia and of course new york like a lot of people travel to lancaster county to experience Absolutely. the amish heritage um they're not used to seeing horse and buggies riding riding around the street but there's so much more to it so that's where matt i want to bring you in and and uh yeah let us know if you if you could tell us anything about the area where it was shot. What uh, what can you tell us about witness and Lanco?
2: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I can only imagine what I, I haven't seen the four K restoration myself yet. I hope to very soon, but uh, I, I can only imagine that it's the next best thing to actually being there and experiencing the farmland in person. I mean, it, it, it's it's seeing it in person and then four K right below it, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that's really what I think the film does a great job of conveying is, is just how, how beautiful the landscape is out in the countryside. Um, it really kind of unmatched, uh, farmland and, and the Amish are a big part of that. They're obviously their heritage here and, um, being able to, uh, nurture the land well. And then there's just all of the other things that Lancaster County has to offer as well. And so the Amish are obviously a, a, a huge part of the foundation of what makes Lancaster County a unique destination. Um, and then there's so much more that you can, you can add to that to make your trip even more special, special. And that's really what Discover Lancaster is about, um, is inspiring people to come and visit Lancaster and experience the area for itself. Um, and certainly a lot of people hear about Lancaster for the first time by seeing witness. Uh, we get that quite a bit. Um, not that it's, I mean, it's, it's 40 years old at this point. So there's definitely, you know, a, a certain demographic that's very familiar with it. Um, but I think that, that bringing it back into the, to the limelight, if you will, after, after, uh, as it hits its 40 year mark is gonna, uh, really bring it in a lot of, in front of a lot of new eyes. And that's gonna be, uh, something that we need to be aware of too, is, is making sure that, that we're honoring this film, um, and, and, uh, appreciating it for, for what it is.
0: And that's, and that's one of the, uh, the things I wanted to talk about because I, I don't know, I've never, I guess, experienced any, witness, like, experiences out in Lancaster County, so I didn't know, you know, like, there's a plaque at Pat Stakes in Philly that says, you know, hey, Rocky was filmed, like, your Sylvester Stallone stood right here to film Rocky, so there's, like, historical markings, I mean, obviously, our city's so much more than just Rocky, but I'm just saying, like, they we have that down he even has a freaking statue of himself at the art museum (laughs) that people get pictures with so stacy what's cool is now this 4k uhd re-release has become a nice new marketing tool for (laughs) lancaster county pennsylvania but um but matt is there anywhere that is celebrated within the county um because you know this is this is a hollywood film like the the, these were kelly mcgillis harrison ford they were huge at the time danny glover who's one of my all-time favorite actors um yeah yeah, i mean this this was a big deal um usually we see those things filmed out in out in hollywood but this this was filmed in right here in our backyard
2: right and that is something that makes the film so special too is that they really could have shot it anywhere but they decided to shoot it on location uh and that makes it makes it all the more special feel all the more authentic um i'll say that i'm not really aware of any um specific like plaques or anything that that are that are dedicated specifically to witness. But there are certainly a lot of the same. Uh, those those places within the county that they film uh, the movie don't really change much uh, for, I think, obvious reasons. Um, so the farm is still in existence. It's not open to the public anymore. I think it was at one point. But um, there is a, a local um, tour uh, company that one of their tours uh will take you to the farm and you can see it in person. Uh it's kind of just kind of a unique experience there. The the company's called LuCal, um and, and they run a bunch of different tours around the county and one of those, like I said, takes you among other places to the farm that the movie was shot at. Um I know that in the town of Intercourse there are a bunch of I know the phone booth that he famously calls his partner. Uh that that's still there. Uh, one of the few phone booths that's left. Uh, so it's <laughs> a
0: functioning really. phone booth right now. I don't think it's functioning. I think it's just still there. Yeah. I
2: don't think it still works, but it's just there as a as a an eternal prop.
0: Because like, um, hey, Harrison Ford used this phone. He used that phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I do know that um the the fight scene was also uh, where Harrison Ford punches the guy in the face. That was also filmed right. Uh, on, uh, on Queen Road in, in, uh, the town of Intercourse. So there a couple of things there. And then, uh, I, I, know the police station scene was actually, I think that looks like it's taking place in Philly. But it was actually filmed in Lancaster. Um, oh, no. and so that's right off the, right off the square in Lancaster City. There, there's an old building there that they turned into the police station, um, for the inside shots. And then the, uh, actually the scene where Harrison Ford gets shot was uh, filmed in Lancaster City as well. So a couple places in Lancaster City that would be of note. And then the last thing, and I think this is pretty cool. I just found this out today, actually. Um, About 10 minutes away from Lancaster City, in Mountville, Pennsylvania, there's a a, a business called Country Barn Market. It's a functioning farm. Um, And they actually have the silo from the film the guy gets buried in corn under that relocated it wasn't shot in lancaster but it was relocated to lancaster and you can still see it today uh so a couple all kind of all over the county there are these notable uh uh, mile markers of the film and uh, uh some really cool things that people can check out for sure
0: that's awesome. And that's important. I'm glad you brought up Lancaster city because Lancaster County itself is so massive. So people, when yeah. like when you, th- you think of Lancaster, you think of the horse and buggies and the Amish, but it really is like, there's a whole, uh, I remember just, I, I DJed a few weddings downtown Lancaster. Um, I was at some rooftop yeah. bar, uh, like a year ago that they, they put, it's just you know, it's important to get across that, yes, Lancaster is beautiful, but it's also massive and it does have a like a center city yeah.
2: uh, area. We like to say that, that you'll find something it, 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 no matter what your, your preferences are, you'll find something that you can enjoy, can enjoy in Lancaster County, whether whether it's the Amish heritage and kind of uh, experiencing this, this culture that you can't really find many other places in the world or whether you want that farm to table restaurant experience, or you want that downtown shopping scene, you can find it in in Lancaster County. And uh, that, again, is what makes it such a unique place. Stacy, is there anything you came... Yeah, I think
1: that's why it was... uh,
0: Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think we're on a lag here. You take it away.
1: Yeah, I was going to build on that, that you're right. It is such a unique place and that um, both Harrison Ford and Kelly McGillis lived there for at least a week or two prior to... Jumping into filming so that they could really immerse themselves in sort of the the experience of being there, and I know that uh, Kelly McGillis actually lived with an Amish widow and her seven children mm-hmm. for a few days to to get that experience. And I don't think you could—I well, know you couldn't get that from any acting coach in Hollywood. I mean, it's really important that that the both actors really dived into their characters by being in the location where they would be set
0: and I think that um, and, and Matt you can correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong but there is a little bit of I guess controversy in that I mean of course uh, I did learn leading up to this interview here that you know no Amish were in the film like there were no Amish actors in the film because they
2: they know, don't they don't appear on camera so um, I think that's kind of a, a something that people don't expect when they come and visit Lancaster. is uh, it, it can be very easy, especially in the days of cell phones, to, to pull out your phone and try and snap a picture of them. That's something that they don't like, um, and and would prefer to stay away from. And and so I think just as a, um, a, a more of a private culture, a, a reserved culture, one that stays away from the world. Uh, as they would refer to it, uh, it, it was a, a bit of a shock that there would be a film that would, you know, enter their community in this sense and almost. Uh, but but I think the film kind of touches on that too, uh, where where it, Kelly McGinness it, it says like they they come and they take pictures of us or something to that effect, um, and uh, it kind of gawking at us, kind of uh, almost turning the camera back around at the viewer and saying this is what you're coming to see. Are you sure you want to come and... And see this—we're just like we're just people. So uh, yeah, definitely kind of a a, an interesting dynamic there, but one that I think, um, at least at least in my experience, and I've lived in Lancaster County my whole life, uh, one that the Amish also see the the benefit of as well. I mean, people are coming and visiting their businesses and purchasing their furniture and their home baked uh, whoopie pies and uh, other baked goods and stuff. I mean it. They're, they're seeing the economic impact of um, what their culture brings to this area.
0: Yeah, there's no way. I, I was up in Massachusetts, and they do the whoopie pie thing up there. That they, they don't have anything on the Amish yes. whoopie pies are hands down the best. There's no, there's nothing exactly. in the world like it's it. No
2: question. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay I'm a West oh, Coast person. What's a whoopie pie?
2: <laughs> uh, we'll go uh, two cake like. Cookie-shaped thing with uh, a nice cream in the middle, and then when you bite it, it goes everywhere. Uh, yeah.
0: So picture All right. picture an ice cream sandwich except a baked yeah. good, but it tastes yeah. uh-huh. much more sugary and buttery in the yeah. best way. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: okay. a great way of describing it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but. But yes, like so. That's so. so Obviously, there were no Amish in the film, but you know, Kelly McGillis and Harrison Ford are like learning, kind of immersing themselves in the culture to get into to get into their roles. And uh, Stacey, that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Kind of is in horror space, this the slow burn. It's one of my Mm. favorite style of films. Is the slow burn? I mean, obviously, the most famous recent. one was get out that's what i think was awarded properly um so we could call that a slow burn it follows like those kind of films i'm not a huge fan of the ones that are super depressing that they've been releasing recently not to say that they're not great films i just can't handle no, I that hear
1: you. like uh hereditary or Midsomar. Mm-hmm. i mean those are seriously depressing but uh. <laughs> right
0: They're amazing films. It's just it's. Yeah. I I think I mentioned this on this podcast all the time, but sometimes on a Friday night, you just want to see Jason lives and not like the dark and the wicked.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: But But they do
1: hook you in with. Yeah. Like they do hook you in with the murder. It, with witness. I mean, Peter Weir was already a very experienced uh, filmmaker in Australia. Mm-hmm. I believe this was his first film shot in America mm-hmm. for the American market. So he had already done, um I believe the picnic at Hanging Rock, which is a slow burn sort of horror uh, film, uh, horror thriller, but so he does, you know, he definitely hooks you in with the action in the beginning and then he reels it back in and takes it slow and then it ramps up again. So it's very well paced film, I think.
0: So I'm um, the next time I'm going to see this film it's going to be on the 4K UHD version. I'm not gonna be hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna cheat and and just go stream it somewhere I'm go, I'm gonna get this Stacy I promise because um, <laughs> it's well
1: worth having I, same here same
0: here same here because I, I want to see everything that was done I mean you don't something just feels better about learning from the people that made the film, the people that have studied to create new pe- like brand new work for the film as you did. Um, there's something to learning from that and learning for what, what the, what, what's provided to you as opposed to just going on the, like Reddit or something or Wikipedia. (laughs) Well, what I like
1: about, yeah, it is that they have period uh you know from the period 1985 some featurettes and interviews so you have that where it's it's brand new to everyone who's talking about it and then you have people you know 30 40 years later talking about it with a lot of perspective. So it gives you those two kind of different points of view that you can delve into either one. And then of course there's the amazing written essays too. Um John Harrison and Amanda Reyes are both um friends and colleagues of mine whose writing I greatly admire. And so you can absorb uh the knowledge in many different ways. You can read, you can watch, you can listen. And so it gives you a lot of, of ways to um learn about the film and have a deeper appreciation for not only the way it was made, but, um, the legacy that it's now spawned over all this time.
0: Yeah, that's right. Wow. Limited edition, 60 page booklet, a fold out double-sided poster folks. And, um, I think you'll like this, Matt, six double-sided collectors, postcards. (laughs) So, so maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some synergy there. Maybe you can start offering postcards from the film. Just, just there a thought. I don't there <laughs> but Stacy, how long does it take to put together something like a visual essay? So, again, I'm learning so much about what goes into these these re-releases. I guess I'll, I'll say not to bring up Friday the 13th, but they they did the same thing where they released all 12 films in a box. And there was just so much... Stuff not not just included um, physically that a lot of collectors like to get their hands on, but also you know new features, complete new features shot for that release yeah, specifically. Yeah, I
1: was a part of that one too. Um, Crystal Lake, um, what was it called? Not so long ago, <laughs> Crystal Lake Revisited or something like that, where I, I got to actually play a role in a spoof, a little spoof uh, recreation Creation of what might have happened to uh, the victims' families. I was the sister of one of the, the victims, and you know, and so that was kind of fun. So that doesn't take a whole lot of preparation. Dan Ferens did an excellent job of directing me on a stripper pole. So those wow. of you who have not seen it yet, there's a little incentive. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also got to be a, a talking head as a, a film historian myself. Um, So for this one, Witness, um, I was just told, um, give us a 20 minute talk. That's going to be put to video about the performances of the film. So you really have to narrow your focus. So that is a little challenging because there wasn't a lot about the performances of the film dating back that far. Um, A lot of that stuff is not indexed on the internet. So you can't really go back. I did read a bunch of reviews, um, which kind of informed what I said, but I didn't quote from many of the reviews. Of course, Roger Ebert and, uh, Ian Siskel had a review. Pauline Kale had a review. So they talked about the performances so I could incorporate that into what I was um, going to say. But there wasn't a lot of guidance. It was just here. uh, Give us 20 minutes on the performances. And so there was not guidelines that I really had to adhere to. Which gives you a lot of freedom, but then again, it gives you more like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> so yeah, like, luckily so do- they didn't ask me to change anything. They they liked what I did. And so it was good. But I've been doing this for a long time. I've been uh covering films and premieres and red carpets and writing reviews and doing film essays since two thousand and two. So um, it's fairly easy for me, but it is time consuming. I had to watch the movie two or three times, uh, you know, just an initial watch without taking any notes, just see like what stuck in my memory and then um, go through it again and then do some research and then look at the film to see what people were talking about back then that I could use. So and then I write it, you know, as, as a writer. So it has to um, read as well as it does um matched visuals. And like I said, I did not know what the visuals would be. So they had to find clips to um, illustrate what I was talking about. And they did a great job. The editor really did some fun segues. So I'm really proud and, and pleased with it.
0: Matt, is there anything you can add? I want to have respect for you guys' time. You've been very generous with your time and I thank you. Is there anything you'd like to add? I just kind of wanted to have this conversation with the both of you because there's going into it. I'm just thinking, man, like this is this is one of the most underrated films ever. Not knowing all of <laughs> what I know now about its box office take, how the critics felt about it and uh, pretty much it being an Academy Award winner. But it's one of those movies that I saw that my dad had on VHS that I just absolutely loved it's just it stood the test of time for me um and i can't say that you know both you guys i think appreciate cinema more than i do you have an appreciation for the craft for what people that make movies um I, i did not have that same appreciation Especially seeing this for the first time and the second time like it was more of the hook for me was just the local knowledge Like I know Philadelphia. It's my home I know Lancaster County because it's where I went when I was younger where we ate a lot of great food and went to Dutch Wonderland You know which so it's like so like I could connect all of those things I wasn't really brought in for from the cinema side of it. It was more just like oh cool There's a lot of things that I know in this movie you know, so I just, I, I really wanted to have this conversation and thank you guys for taking some time to do it. So I guess I'll leave you with this, Matt, is there anything you'd like to add to this conversation? Anything I didn't touch on? Um, the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, one, one final thought about the movie, uh, specifically, uh, I, in, in watching it recently, actually, I, w- I was, uh, struck by the soundtrack actually. And I think the soundtrack is a good, uh, benchmark for what the film uh, seeks to accomplish, right? You got these really tense Philly scenes and the score from there is almost kind of out of like a John Carpenter thriller, right? Where it's this really like pounding synth, driving synth, um, meant to build tension. And then you get transported into all, almost this like like ethereal sci-fi soundtrack of Lancaster County, where you're getting transported into, into a completely different uh, time period in some in some sense you're you're being transported into a different universe and, and I think that's a good uh, a, a good metaphor for what you experience when you come to Lancaster that you are being transported into a different place uh, 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 than than what surrounds it you we're we're kind of centrally located between a bunch of big cities but you and while you can still get that big city feel in Lancaster you still get those wide open. Uh, rolling hills and the, and the beautiful farmland and some really high quality food like you mentioned and all of these great attractions um, and and so I guess that's, that's kind of my final thought there is, is that that's what makes Lancaster County this special place um, and you can find all of uh, the information you need to about Lancaster by visiting our website at discoverlancaster.com
0: Alright Matt Vonestock, Stacy Lane Wilson anything to add, anything to close with
1: Well, I don't think you need to be a film historian or a cinephile to enjoy witness, because there are so many um, characters that you can relate to. Whether you're a kid, you relate to the child um, in the story, or if you're a woman or, you know, you're you're a man. Um, I feel like there's so many different characters that anyone can relate to or feel like they, oh, I've, I've experienced that. Or what would I do if I were in that situation? So I think it's just a great story. So it, um, it can be enjoyed on many different levels.
0: And now we have a 4K UHD version of it. I finally got a 4K TV and my wife surprised me with a 4K UHD player because we had this I don't know if you're familiar with Ardmore, PA. Um, It's just a suburb right outside of Philly uh, on on the Maid Line. They had a video rental store. It was called Viva Video, the last video store. And they rented 4K UHDs. I'm just like, all right, this is awesome. Well, uh, Punchline, uh, they closed. So now now I'm going to have to buy every 4K UHD movie, like the re-release of Witness, which I can't wait to. But I'm just saying now, like... How many copies of Star Wars do you have already? Right, like I already have the VHS and the DVD. Do I have to get another Star Wars now to experience the seven point one? But anyway, anyway, just I'm going off the rails we here. Do it
2: because we love it, right? That,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> like a Christopher Nolan film that you really got to see on. Like if you're not going to catch it in theaters, then 4K UHD is the way to go. I'm just saying.
2: Oppenheimer is great on DVD, but uh, man, seeing it on a on that IMAX screen was insane,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. th- Unlike the Amish, we want to keep up with the times <laughs> <laughs> and look at the upgraded, beautiful picture of Witness. Yeah, it really is well done the way they, they uprested. And the sound is incredible, too. I mean, it's not just the visuals. It's the, the sound and the music is fantastic.
0: All right. And I promise mm-hmm. this is the last thing. So, Stacey, you already said The Shining, I think, was your favorite horror film of all time. Work. Yes. All right. So Matt, whenever we have a new guest on the show, they have to name their favorite horror film. So what's your favorite horror film?
2: Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Silence of the Lambs. Would you consider that horror? Whoa. That horror. Yes. Silence of the Lambs for sure. And this is great because Joe,
0: the podcast, the, the the host, is not here today. And the best thing is is we had the biggest argument over like he says it's not. He says it's not a horror film. I said it is. So the funny thing is over a bunch of like when we started early on in the podcast, it was people like Stacy and Daniel Farren's and Jeffrey Reddick that said it was a horror film. So I'm like, sorry, Joe, I went on this one. It is. <laughs> Outboarded. Outboarded. You're yeah. outnumbered. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys. Stacy Lane Wilson, one of our favorites, film critic, historian, filmmaker, just one of the best all around. Now in Vegas, originally from L.A. That's right. So... <laughs> So thank you for your time. Well, Matt thank Fa- you. Matt Fonestock from Discover Lancaster, all the great visuals that you will see in Witness 4K UHD, the, the uh, re-release here. Um, you can actually visit all that countryside, everything that we talked about. So thank you as well, Matt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you, folks, for listening to the Red River Horror Podcast. Like I said, Joe Zakreski will be back with you next time. I'm Eddie Cayazo, founder of Red River Horror. And remember to keep traveling those channels of fear.